0: pray with me. Lord, please be an active participant in this service this morning. Take my simple words and transform them into words of truth spoken for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's scripture comes from Psalms chapter 16, verse 5. Lord, you assign me my portion and my cup. You've made my life secure. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Most of you are probably wondering, who is this guy? What's he doing here? Well, I'm just an average kind of guy. Husband of one, father of two, and grandfather of four. We all attend this church. I'm here this morning to tell you a story. A story of the lessons I've learned while running. I became a runner in the late 1970s after graduating from college. And I found my clothes were getting a little too tight for me. And it really took a hold of me and changed my life in a lot of ways. I became a pretty serious recreational runner for 20 years, and during that 20-year period of time, I ran over 30,000 miles in 25 marathons. I got pretty good at the marathon for a recreational runner. In 1989, I ran a marathon in Columbus in two hours and 59 minutes. But that was as good as it got because for the next couple of years, my times got slower and slower and slower until 1999. I ran the same Columbus Marathon in four hours and 57 minutes, almost a five hour marathon. I told myself then, I'm never going to run a marathon again, and I didn't. But I did keep running just enough to try to maintain a healthy lifestyle. But then in the summer of 2002, I had a doctor's appointment with a neurologist at Ohio State University. After a series of tests, she says to me, Matt, you've got Parkinson's disease, a disease that afflicts Michael J. Fox. Muhammad Ali. I said, well, how do we fix this? She says, there's no no cure. The best we can hope for is that with the proper attitude, medication, maybe we can control your symptoms and delay the progression of the disease. So I went home. I thought about my attitude. First thing I realized was that bad things happen to everybody. Nobody's exempt. Maybe bad's not the proper word, but there are times when things come into our lives And take something away from us. Maybe it takes some of your health. Maybe it takes some of your relationships. Maybe it takes some of your finances. The one thing it can't take from you is your attitude. That's yours to keep. And you can make it whatever you want it to be. I found that people basically have attitudes divided into two groups, and it's based on how they look at their cup. Some people look, the first group is looking for pity. They say, look what's been taken from my cup. It's half empty. There's not much there I can do anything with. Second group's a little bit more optimistic. They look at their cup and say, look what's been taken from me. It's half filled, and there's still a lot there that I can do something with. I'd like to think I'm in that second group. But I also came up with a way of looking at this thing that worked for me. Maybe it'll work for you. When bad things come into my life, I try to look at my cup and say, you know what? How can I complain? The cup doesn't belong to me. It's been lent to me for 60, 70, maybe 80 years. Some stuff's been taken from that cup. There's some bad stuff in that cup. but There's some good stuff in there, too, and it's my job to do as much as I can with what's in the cup and give glory to God who gave lent me the cup in the first place. Back in uh, the spring of 2009, my daughter Kristen, who's sitting right up here, had become a marathon runner in her own right, like her dad, called me up and said, Dad, this weekend there's a thing going on in Cincinnati called the Flying Pig why don't you come down and run a 5K? It's only 3.1 miles, and I know you've been running some. I said, well, Kristen, I haven't run a race in over 10 years. But you know your mom and I are probably going to come down and watch you run anyway. Maybe I'll do this. I said, if you can get me registered by Saturday, I'll run. I said, I don't want to run the 5K, I want to run the 10K. 6.2 miles would be a pretty good run for me at this point of the year. And it's easier to run with a lot of people than by yourself. So I didn't think much about it. During the week, until I got down there on Saturday morning. Stepped off the sidewalk and into the street. And it all came rushing back to me. The feeling of being in the arena with other athletes. Being in the game instead of being in the stands. feeling of sweat and exertion. The feeling of getting energy from the person next to you and you're giving energy to them. feeling of setting goals and going after it. Of having doubts and overcoming them. feeling of taking on something that's difficult and achieving it. When I finished that race, my mind was talking crazy. Said things like, wow, I forgot how great that felt. Could I do that again sometime real soon? Do you think? Do you think I could run a marathon again? Would I want to run a marathon knowing I couldn't do it in five, six, seven hours? Maybe I couldn't do it at all. Maybe I could run for a cause. Maybe I could get people to sponsor me. I could turn the money over to Parkinson's research. Maybe I could make something good happen out of these bad cards i have been dealt. So I went back to the Michael J. Fox Foundation website and saw that they had a group of people called Team Fox. It's a group of people who are willing to raise money and awareness for Parkinson's research. And I knew exactly what I was going to do. I was going to raise the required $2,500 and run the New York City Marathon for Team Fox. And I had some doubts. I was going to be 57 years old with Parkinson's and hadn't run a marathon in a decade. Then there was the issue of $2,500. This economy, when people aren't giving as much to charity as they used to, what if I couldn't raise the money? I quickly found out that the Lord had his hand on this journey. And he had more in store for me than just raising $2,500 and running 26 miles. Because the $2,500 was raised in three weeks. Nearly $8,000 was contributed for race day. But the biggest contribution came from my daughter, Kristen, who said she'd run the marathon with me. I think she was afraid that I'd get hurt, trip and fall and get swallowed up by the 43,000 runners who participated. But I didn't care because I knew now, no matter what, she could get me to the finish line. So my whole family went to New York City that weekend in November 2009. We had a great weekend. And Kristen brought a camera and documented the events of the weekend, including the race. And upon returning home, we kind of, through a sequence of events, put together a video of the weekend. And God, in his unique way, took my story and the pictures and the music and put it together in such a way that it impacted the lives of hundreds of people over the last couple of years. You people have an opportunity to watch that video during the foundation hour between services. um, Downstairs, I don't know what room it is, room B or something. Anyway, you got plus I've, I've made DVDs available out in the lobby if you take for free, which uh, shows the video. Uh, we've made over 400 copies and distributed them to people that we felt, felt would benefit from it, so you're welcome to have those. When we finished that race, in over, just over seven hours, we went to a post-race g- gathering of Team Fox members at a local restaurant near Central Park. I felt like the place was going to be closed by the time we get to because it took us so long to finish the race. But upon entering... I found everyone standing and applauding. I looked around and tried to see where Michael J. Fox had walked in. Then I realized they were applauding for us. As people came up and congratulated us and said, and said how much we had inspired them I finished the race. It was kind of embarrassing. One man walked up to me and said, Matt, he said, I ate dinner with you last night at the pre-race meal. I didn't know you had Parkinson's. I want you to know how much I've been inspired by you finishing this race. I said, you know, I appreciate what you're saying, but... I've run 25 marathons before this one, and a seven-hour marathon shouldn't Im- inspire anybody. <laughs> so he said, but I, I said, "Man, I don't think you understand." He said, "My father has Parkinson's, and that's why I'm here. And for him and a lot of people like him, just walking through the day, it's like running a marathon." So I went home. I thought about the things people had said to me, the people I had supposedly in- inspired. The, 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 things, the people that had moved to a better place in their life and become more of what they want to be and the effect that the, the video was having on people's lives. So I made a decision after a couple months that I'd run the New York City Marathon again in 2010. And this time, Kristen, instead of just running with me, she's going to be part of Team Fox. And I knew for sure that no matter what kind of shape I was in in November, she, I could count on her to get me to the finish line. But a couple weeks before the race in November, I found out she couldn't come with New York City with me. She and the rest of my family, instead of going to New York City with me, were going to South America to meet a couple of young men that we were gonna bring back to Ohio to become part of our family. That was great, but I was going to New York City by myself now. And I wasn't prepared for that because I had counted on her to get me to the finish line. And I really had some severe doubts. And Saturday night before the race, I had a little talk with God. I said, you know, I know you've had your hand on this thing for the last two years. You want me to use this as a platform to talk to other people about Parkinson's and bad things coming into our lives and attitudes and possibly inspire some people to move to a better place where they think more positively and become more the person that that God wants them to be. And... uh, I said, you know, if you, I can't do this by myself. I said, if you want me to continue on in this journey, I need some help. So I went to the Team Fox buses on Sunday morning at 5 o'clock for 5.30 departure to the starting line. I'm sitting in the bus thinking, how am I going to get through this day? I can't do this. A couple minutes before we left, someone stepped on the bus and said, is Matt Wilber on this bus? kind of startled me a little bit. I'm in downtown Manhattan at 5.30 in the morning. I said, yeah, that would be me. He says, there's somebody out on the sidewalk that wants to talk to you. And the young man walked on the bus, came back to my seat, shook my hand. He says, I'm Mike Dubin from Ann Arbor, Michigan. He says, uh, you probably don't remember me, but I came up to you and told you after last year's race how much you inspired me because my father had Parkinson's. He said, yeah, I remember you. How are you doing, Mike? He says, it might be a coincidence, but over the summer, I was your daughter's Team Fox mentor for this race. I know right now that she's down in South America doing a wonderful thing. I came in here this morning with the intent of asking you one question. You need somebody to run with? What could I say? I knew that God had taken care of me. He brought me somebody to, take, to support me and get me to the finish line. An angel, so to speak. Now, I, you know, I had not planned this next part to, to say, but it, something occurred this morning that I have to kind of diverge a little bit. You know, it says in Hebrews, to always show hospitality to strangers because many of you have entertained angels without knowing it. I don't know if you've ever entertained an angel or not, but I'd like to introduce you to mine. We showed up here this morning, unexpectedly, from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Mr. Mike Dugan. That's how I feel too. Um, So what have I learned through all this running? First thing is, if I'm running the New York City Marathon for Team Fox, if I can touch the heart and spirit of one person and motive, admit, inspire them to move to a better place in their life, where they have a more positive attitude, where they can become more than they were, to become more like the person God intended them to be, then they ought to run. Because even though I'm only one, I am one. I can't do everything... I can do something. That which I can do, I ought to do. That which I ought to do, by the grace of God, I will do. I've also learned how to look at my cup. When I look at my cup now, it's not half empty. It's not half full. My cup is full of blessings, things I never earned or deserved. It's full of good things people have done for me that I can never pay back, but maybe I can pay forward. My cup is so full of blessings that it's overflowing. I have to sift them out of the saucer. Last thing I learned was that Jesus Christ had a cup too. It was pure and without blemish. And the night that he was betrayed, he knelt in the garden and he prayed. With such intensity that he sweat drops of blood. While his teammates slept in the bleachers. When Jesus was in that garden, he looked into his cup. You know what he saw? He saw a crown of thorns. He saw himself being beaten and spit upon. He saw the nails in his hands and his feet. He saw the cross, and the crucifixion. But you know what else he saw? when He looked in that cup. He saw the sins of Matt Wilbur, all of them. He saw my sins and he saw your sins. Being divine but totally human, he reacted the way we might react. Twice he shouted to his father, take my cup from me. I don't want it I don't deserve it. But thy will be done. And Jesus Christ paid it forward. Paid it forward 2,000 years. So my cup and your cup could be pure and without blemish. What did he say at the pre-race meal just a couple hours ago, a couple hours earlier to his teammates? Did he say something like, my cup is a new covenant? Offered to you. Take my cup, and you'll do greater things than I've ever done. Take my cup, and you'll never die, but have everlasting life. Take my cup, and I'll go and prepare a place for you in my Father's kingdom. There's no more sorrow and pain, no more tears, and no more sickness. These are just a few of the things I learned while I was running. Dear Lord, Thank you for this opportunity to tell my story, to tell your story. The fact that we're all on a journey to the finish line. and count on you for your support. But you have indeed assigned us our portion and our cup. You have made our life secure. Amen.